Blog Talk Radio. I'm all kind of just just wackadoodle right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Taylor Terror Radio, TaylorTerrorRadio.com. We are live, um, and we are here today, um, and thank you for tuning in. Um, we have a great show lined up for everyone today. Uh, joining us um, at the 2 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Eastern, um, Ellie Honig. Will be joining us um, from CNN, and we'll be diving into a lot of the Mueller uh, investigation of what's been going on with Michael Flynn and all that good stuff with um, Ellie Honig. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Jway Taylor. You can follow Tara on Twitter at Tara Dublin Rocks, and follow the show account on Twitter at Taylor Terra Radio. And uh I'd welcome um I'd welcome uh my friend coach Tara, how are you this morning? I'm about, I'm a little out of sorts. You'll you'll have to forgive me. I'm been doing a million things uh and uh I'm trying to focus. So I'm not I, I know that focused. you have I, I know yeah. that you have my friend and I appreciate uh all that you do. How am I doing this morning? Well we got a late gift Last evening from Mr. Robert Mueller with the Flynn memo, which, of course, we're going to talk about Ellie with Ellie Honig later on in the show. But, it's you know, it's still Hanukkah. So I'm going to consider this a Hanukkah gift from Bob Mueller to the United States of America. Thank you so much, Bob Mueller. And I didn't even get you anything. Um, we learned some really interesting things, but then we also learned that uh, there's a whole lot that we don't know because it was it's under a whole lot of black ink having been redacted. So uh, one of the biggest questions that I will have once Ellie Honig joins us uh, at the top of the hour, uh, will, does he believe, as I firmly believe, Jason, with all my heart and soul, that underneath that black ink is Mike Pence's name many, many, many times. 
That's what I'm hoping because everyone's talking about this, but no one's talking about Mike Pence. And I don't know why people aren't talking about Mike Pence in connection with Michael Flynn, but they sure should be. And if anybody out there believes that Mike Pence is the lone innocent person who knows nothing whatsoever about the Russia stuff and everything else, uh, I have a wall to sell you. So we have this you know what I find? And then um, what I find is very. You know, there's, I mean, this has been, you know, so many, so many um, um, comparisons to to Watergate and what, what would be the, what would be the coincidence or the chance that you had basically the same scenario play out? Because remember what happened to Nixon's original vice president, Spiro Agnew? He resigned. Mm-hmm. And Nixon so, appointed Ford. And Nixon appointed Ford shortly thereafter. Nixon resigned himself. Ford appointed Re- uh, Rockefeller and um, to be his VP, and it was Ford and Rockefeller. But yeah, yeah, and then he pardoned yeah, people- Nixon. All of that—that that was a big mistake. Um, I don't think we're going to see that happen here. She said in her calm, mothery voice, uh, Mike Pence is as guilty as the rest of them. He's as complicit. He is as aware. And I think one of the reasons you don't see him around so much is for that very reason. Uh, And I would posit that underneath all of those redacted lines, his name appears many, many times. And there is a reason that Bob Mueller wanted that covered up. Because Bob Mueller probably has so much more to drop on the United States of America, including Manafort's sentencing memo, which will come out on Friday. And that should set our intentions for a weekend of joy. Um, Because it's only going to get worse, you understand, for those uh, that uh, are um, named in these proceedings. And most likely worse, even worse for those not named, because the bottom line, and uh, um, as we'll talk about with Ellie, uh, he uh, has a great piece out just today, great opinion piece on CNN.com, what it means um, for the fact that Flynn cooperated so much, and they had 19 different interviews, uh, what it says is that there's more to come, more indictments to come, more information to come, and we should all really, you know, just keep our eyes and ears open is what, uh, what I'm – that's the subtext of all of this. Yeah, even with all this, I will, I will, <clears throat> I will maintain, my, maintain my position that um, Trump will uh, be here in 2020 to run. And, um, yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah, yeah, well, I know we're not gonna go down. I'm just gonna make that noise. I'm just gonna make that noise. Uh, uh, as we are sitting here, uh, the uh, George H.W. Bush funeral is happening in our nation's capital, and uh, um. Unlike his wife, he did not leave any instructions barring Donald Trump from attending. Uh, It is protocol for when a former president passes, the current sitting president attends the memorial service. 
of course, you can put an asterisk by this one. Uh, of course, he was also the last to arrive so that he can be the first one out sitting on the aisle using his wife as a human buffer so that he does not have to talk to anybody else. Of course, nobody wants to talk to him. Uh, Hillary gave them a nod like, oh, I'm here too, fuckos. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting when a head of state passes, uh, there are those who just behave accordingly and honor his memory. And then there are those who bring up the fact that he was a war criminal and did all kinds of terrible things. So I would just try to focus on what its intention is, which is to honor the legacy and your own opinions about who he might've been as a person can wait at least until maybe the, uh, the televised ceremonies have finished. I don't know. I still think that is someone who commands a little bit of respect for the office when, and of course, a lot of people are, are saying, you know, when Donald Trump dies, whenever that is, no one's wishing death. We're just positing what, you know, we're just spinning. What would happen? What will his funeral be? And we, of course, have to see what his legacy is, how he, how this term ends for him. Does it end prior to 2020? Does it end with the 2020 election cycle? We still, we don't know this yet. I will say, however, history won't remember him kindly, and he's going to be eulogized by, like, Kid Rock and Ted Nugent and Scott Baio, and uh, his pallbearers will be, who, who knows, you know, mobsters or, you know, Russian mob. I, I have no idea, but he won't, he won't have what George H.W. Bush has, and today he won't be honored in the same way, I would, I would say, because who would want to? Who would want to honor him? There's nothing to honor mm-hmm. Um, so it'll we'll be, see. It'll be I mean, it'll, you it'll, can't, it'll, who's going to make a nice speech about him? Nobody. What yeah, are you I say? Don't, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of, I don't like to, to kind of, I don't know. It's sort of, it's actually quite morbid to me to, to, to kind of futurize somebody's funeral. <laughs> it, it, sure. I, look, I have, look, no, I have people like my mom is like, listen, my mom, my mother will do this whenever I'm around her. She'll like, and my, and my aunt Bonnie will do the same thing. They'll be, you know, they'll they'll say, Oh, that will look great on my, you know, they'll have some Christmas decoration or whatever. And they'll say, Oh, that'll look great on my casket. I'm like, Oh, please stop that. You know, know, that that gallows humor, that black humor, uh, obviously it offsets our own fear of our own mortality. And that's why. Yeah, no, I did. There's always, A darkness that surrounds funerals, whether you're sad, whether you're trying to pretend it's not happening, like Donald Trump. There's a picture now circulating or video of him circulating uh, of him with his eyes closed at the funeral right now. And he's either asleep or, as I tweeted, he's just singing the wheels on the bus to himself in his head because he doesn't want to be there. He literally doesn't. He's very uncomfortable around death. He's very uncomfortable around um He's never empathetic when somebody passes away. He does not know how to handle it. The last tweet before he went to the funeral was that he was looking forward to it. You don't look forward to a funeral. You ingrate. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. there is nothing presidential about his behavior. And for the media to already be normalizing the fact that he's not throwing a fucking temper, temper tantrum, he's not kicking his feet or, or behaving like his usual Trump baby self, uh, they're lauding him for this because he's acting like you're supposed to act at a funeral. Don't normalize his behavior. You think the second he walks out of there, he's not going to say something terrible and ridiculous and, 
inappropriate? Of course he is. Don't try to normalize this in any way. This is like when you take a small child to a funeral for the very first time and you teach them how to behave appropriately, which is you don't talk, you don't move, you don't do anything. You just pay attention. He's not even doing that. He's keeping his eyes closed and pretending he's somewhere else. So don't even try anyone to say that he's acting presidential. He's finally stepping into the role. Bullshit. He's never going to change. He's never going to act presidential. He will do nothing but continue to bring shame to this office. And just because he's sitting there with his mouth closed doesn't mean he's, you know, he's gotten any better since this morning. Okay, so stop, stop trying to make him something he isn't. And it's really infuriating when the media does this. And I would love for one media outlet, well, hopefully MSNBC, hopefully for some of them to say Trump manages to behave himself in public. That's news. That's newsworthy that he manages to behave in public. What a global embarrassment. He just is. If he's a global embarrassment. There's really no need for him or his human buffer of a co-conspirator wife to be there because neither of them want to be there and nobody wants them there. And the, the, the schadenfreude here, I mean, I'm enjoying watching how uncomfortable Donald Trump is sitting next to real presidents and first ladies, but it's also, it's a disservice to the memory of a real president to have him sitting there is it's just disrespectful to me to have him having a criminal, a criminal sitting in the front row of George H.W. Bush's funeral. You can call George H.W. Bush whatever you want. He never conspired against his country. He also served his country and really even shouldn't be alive because of what he endured in his military service. And uh, did you see the, I'm sure you saw Bob Dole uh, standing, needing assistance to stand and salute uh, George H.W. Bush's coffin yesterday as he was lying in state. And that was a very moving moment because- You know, we are coming to the end of an era. We are going to be losing the remaining veterans from World War II, the remaining veterans from Korea. Um, yes. we're, watching, we're watching a generation leave us. Um, and I think we need to take a step back and take a look at what that generation meant to this country and uh, realize that honorable men like Bob Dole and George H.W. Bush, whether or not you agree with their politics, you exactly. have to take a moment and remember the sacrifice. Take a yes. moment. Separate. If you can't, if you're not able to compartmentalize, fine. Remember the service. Okay. And remember was, the sacrifice. Folks, you know, like, like, um, um, uh, Senator Dole and, President George H.W. Bush, these were men, um, you know, again, as you said, whether you agreed with their politics or not, whether you agreed with their personal or not, um, these these were men. George H.W. Bush was a man of integrity, of manners, very big on manners. And, um, you know, to see um, – to when I list I, – I don't know if you got to hear John. I'm sure you did. If you were watching it, you heard John Meacham. And how good was John Meacham? I mean, how I actually how wasn't good, listening, but um, oh, what you weren't? Oh, yeah. Well, even yeah, I was kind of like over there on uh, over on Charlotte uh, Climber's feed, and she was tweeting some really great things, and we were agreeing on on just John Meacham was. I mean, he's so good. He, I mean, 
He's just so good. And I think something else I wanted to note here that Charlotte Clymer uh, tweeted out, and it kind of gets kind of lost in the shuffle. She she tweeted out on a quote here. Uh, she said, quote, these military casket teams train a ridiculous number of hours to ensure every ceremonial aspect is performed to a standard of perfection. Everything must look crisp and seamless. And I tell you what, these military casket teams, they are, they are, they are America. I mean, that's, I mean, the hours and hours. That is still the best of America. That's what that yes. is. That's when yes. you remember who we are and what we're supposed to stand for as a nation. And it all comes down to the respect for the service that people give to our country. And those of us who have never served uh, need to give those who did the respect that they deserve. And I think part of this is, you know, we all know Donald Trump didn't serve and that he got his daddy to buy him five Vietnam deferments because which foot hurt, he can't even remember. And being around that makes him feel bad about himself. We know this. So that's why he's sitting there sulking like a baby because this is nothing to do with him, right? It's not about him. It has nothing to do with him. He doesn't belong there. And he doesn't qualify for any of the honor that he's seeing being presented to this president President 41, um, and he knows, I think innately he knows that when his time comes, this is not how it's going to go for him. I think that he knows that. And he also is thinking about, you know, what he wants to eat for lunch because he doesn't want to be there. And it's such a, you know, it's just, we as a nation deserve better. Our vets deserve better. Our former presidents who passed, like, you know, Jimmy Carter sitting there, uh, you know, when his time comes, his funeral will be one of those where I will weep because I'll hear the remembrances of Carter. And I have, have a lot of uh, fondness in my heart for him. But um, it's just that it's an abomination to have Donald Trump sitting there. It just is or anywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, people are having fu- their fun with him sitting at the funeral. But uh, the bottom line is that it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. And he's a, it's, geez, there's how much more of this are we supposed to be subjected to? I mean, you say he's going to be around in 2020, but we'll find out when Mueller drops the Manafort uh, sentencing memo on Friday. And what, well, I wonder yeah. what's going to be redacted from that. Can you imagine what Paul, I mean, if Mike Flynn had 19 interviews and Paul Manafort had what, what is it, 60 hours of interviews? Like, I don't know how many separate interviews, but Paul Manafort was also caught lying. So I'll be really interested to see what the sentencing memo is for him on Friday because with Mueller recommending almost no jail time, if no jail time for Mike Flynn because he's been so cooperative, Paul Manafort's already sitting in jail. So Mueller's just going to tack on to his sentence how many more years? I believe Paul Manafort will die in prison. He, he just will never be a free man again. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Flynn. Uh, and then we also will get Cohen's sentencing memo, I'm assuming, at some point next week. So uh, Mueller is the gift that keeps on giving to us this holiday season. But the ultimate gift that everybody wants, the ultimate prize, again, Trump will skate through all this. 
and he'll be here in 2020 running and um he knows he can't be impeached and he'll just dig his heels in he can be impeached of course he can well will he they had a jerry jerry nadler uh was on uh with he knows that he can't be convicted he can be well we we've seen this again and again there's no there's no language that says a sitting president can not not be indicted of course he can be indicted. He can be impeached. The question is, will he? And with, uh, Jerry Nadler is going to be indicted, taking over. But, but what? I mean, certainly he. Can, I mean, I don't think the question is, can he? Uh, I mean, it's not. I mean, a they can of, throw the indictment. Can it happen? They, they, the question is, will it happen? Well, they because can throw can. the indictment out there, but you're immediately going to get, um, you know, you're immediately going to get a rush of. Of you know Supreme Court, uh, you know everybody filing, you know you name it. So all this goes before the Supreme Court. Ultimately, where it ends up, I'll be I'll be very interested to speak with uh, Ellie uh, Honig joining us at 2 p.m. Eastern time uh, on this very subject because I think this is where it ultimately ends up if it goes that goes that far. And I actually don't believe it's going to go that far. I do not believe, um, you know, there's a lot that I've read. I mean, I read. Everything I could possibly read on the Flynn, um, on the Flynn uh, um, um, the, the information that was released, and you know all the the all the information that was redacted, blacked out, um, and you know there was a lot of information that that was clear that that Flynn was working and giving uh, Mueller on you know countries like Turkey and a lot of other stuff. I mean, there was a lot of other stuff too, besides whatever he was giving them, giving Mueller on Russia and 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 those sorts. But there's a lot of other stuff in there um, that Mueller got. So I, you know, I I don't know. I wasn't like I wasn't all that. I mean, I seen him, you know, <clears throat> Flynn trending number one <clears throat> all day yesterday, and I, I just wasn't. I mean, I read. I, I think I read probably seven or eight different articles from seven different opinion pieces and try to kind of, you know, put together what I, you know, my own thoughts on it. And <clears throat> sure, absolutely. There's some Russia, there's, there's plenty of Russia stuff in there, but there's a whole lot of other stuff too that, that obviously Mueller, um, you know, to recommend zero um, incarceration time for Flynn, that's huge. Um, so there's a lot, there, you know, there's, you know, I mean, given up I'm a lot sure of there's stuff. plenty of good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's plenty of good stuff. And I would also uh, – everyone was talking about, and Ellie put it in his opinion piece, this third mystery investigation that's not specifically named, uh, I would guess is in reference – I can only guess that it is in reference to what's happening with the New York State Attorney General's investigation into the Trump organization because, of course, Flynn is going to know about that stuff too. So it could be that or the, you know, uh, you know, campaign finance fraud, whatever they because if he gave up information about the transition team, which he did, um, it stands to reason that that would be connected to campaign finance uh, fraud and inappropriate, you know, using campaign funds inappropriately. All of that is also illegal. 
So who knows what that, th- I, I believe that that's the third mystery investigation, something to do with money, criminal activity, perhaps the Russian money laundering with the hotels. We, you know, eventually we will, I'm sure, find out. Um, I would also make a point. Um, Jerry Nadler, who was on uh, Meet the Press the other day, and uh, he was also on TV last night, I forget which MSNBC show, but um, he's the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. And once our Democratic House is sworn in in January, he's the guy. He will be the ranking member, the guy on the committee, the, the guy who makes the decision about moving an impeachment proceeding forward and calling for it. And he said, you know, I don't know if it'll come to that. And they spent a lot of time talking about it. Uh, and this is a direct quote that I found on his Twitter. Uh, we have a president who lies incessantly, who surrounds himself with people who lie incessantly. And the key fact now is at the time when he can get away with lying to the American people and evade accountability is coming to an end. So he didn't say he was going to do full-on impeachment, but he didn't rule it out because there are things we are still going to discover as a result of Mueller's investigations and sentencing memos that we do not know today. And by the time we get from today to a little less than a month from today, when the House, new House is sworn in, there's a lot of people who are going to want a lot of things taken care of and a lot of questions answered. So, and again, it'll take a while. And it's like we talked about on Monday's show, they're going to, if the Democrats have to parade every single person out into the public eye and have them testify in public about what they know about the Trump organization and the Trump transitional team and Trump's activities with Russia, if they have to trot every single person out who's ever given testimony, then that's what they'll have to do. And it'll, if it has to take time, it'll take time. But I would guess that at some point we will know enough that Trump will never be able to throw up enough of a smokescreen and gaslight enough to get away with it is again. And it'll go back. I think really, Jason, it'll go back to his children. And that's where they think that they're going to get him like Capone. They're going to get him on taxes or they're going to get him on the Trump organization's illegal practices that the kids were involved with. And they're going to come to him and they're going to say, you either resign or your kids are going to go to prison for life. And eventually you're going to join them. I mean, I don't know what the verbiage is. But that's where we are, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's where uh, we are. I, 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 yeah. so it, 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 I don't know. He won't. We think his ego won't allow him to resign, or Daddy Vlad won't allow him to resign. But we also saw at G20, mm-hmm. eh, Putin looks like he has a new uh, a new favorite son, and his initials are MBS. So instead of DJT, uh, and if he has another favorite son, and he's walking away from his puppet. Because he thinks that maybe uh, maybe this experiment didn't really go as well as he thought. Because I think Putin thought we were, I mean, we were gullible enough to fall for plenty of the shit during the campaign. But we were at least smart enough to know that it wasn't totally right. Right? Something wasn't on the up and up and it's taken two years. But here we are. I think Putin knows that it's time to cut his losses and walk away. Time to cut bait. Dead fish. Dead fish on the line. Cut it loose. Let it Let it sink. And uh, yeah, whatever. Move on. I mean, move I'm on to your like, bigger, bigger I, fish. Yeah, I'm just I'm of the mindset and and of the thinking as I've been talking with different individuals from the Democratic Party and people around the country. You know, I just uh, 
you know, I mean, please just hurry up with this stuff. You know, I mean, it's it's all so distracting and, you know, there's so, you know, I mean, it's just there's so much more, you know, that we need to get to. You know, I, I don't believe he's going to be impeached. I do just do not. You know, the kids, I don't know what all this is going to happen, you know, but I just. That's yeah, the I, bi- I think that's a great I, thing but, we can talk about with Ellie as well, because. Right. I don't when even. We, when, I'm so tired of I mean, all the speculation. No, no, and it's not yeah. you. I'm not speaking to you. I'm just speaking to everybody. I mean, all this in general. You know, well, yeah. I, I was I was speaking to a high-ranking Democratic official last night, and we spoke for quite a while. And <clears throat> he said the same thing. He he he. You know, I mean, they are every. In, you know, um, this is somebody you know heavily involved with the uh, the DNC and and with with uh <clears throat> house and senate democrats and you know look we're all sick of this i mean it's just it's it's enough you know it, it's just it's so distracting you know i just wish they'd come on and you know i and i i hope that these we don't have these endless you know tit for tat um you know meetings and 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 hearings on the hill every single day day in and day out you know i mean i just you know, let's just whatever. Let you know. Ho- hopefully, this would be quick and painless. Whatever. Well, that'd it is. be lovely. <laughs> that'd be great. And maybe between the Flynn sentencing memo, the Manafort sentencing memo that we're expecting Friday, and there will be a Cohen sentencing memo. I'm assuming yeah, within see, the all next this week. Stuff, just like what you're naming right now. See, it's just what you're laying out right now. It's like just more and more and more days of this, and it just creates well, more and more speculation. That's why I came. I swear it's to God, not- Tara, I cannot watch. I cannot watch any news channel. I have I, I cannot turn my TV on to watch any news channel because I, I I can't even look at Twitter. I mean, it's just you know it's to the point. Well, where, why should today be different you know, from any other day? Um, well, I mean, it's with the well, sentencing know, memos but, though. Th- those are giving us something. It's giving us something yeah, we didn't have the day before or, yesterday. Or, we didn't have that. It's not speculative though because you have. I mean, obviously, with plenty well, of stuff that's redacted. Yeah, it is. It's like you've got like this huge, like redacted portion of this of this Flynn memo, and which will eventually we will eventually find out what's beneath. Everybody the and their mother, and everybody and their mothers have 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 you know want to get their you know their two cents in on this, and it's all Mike Pence. It's all Mike Pence. That's, uh, that's right. my two cents. Yeah. yeah. You say well, it's all Mike it. Pence. I've heard a thousand. I mean, it's got to have something to do with him. Maybe not all Mike now, Pence, but it, I bet it's. I've heard it's all Mike. I've heard it's all Mike Pence all the way to to it's Frosty the Snowman. I mean, it's it's not Frosty you know, the really, Snowman. We know it's not him. Well, but seriously, Frosty, I mean, really, Frosty no. I've heard everybody worker, from you know, Pence. Like it's I've heard I've heard uh, Munchen in there. I've heard. Rick Perry mentioned in, that Rick Perry has something to do with Russia and the energy, all this. Oh, man, I've heard so Rand much. Paul. Oh. They're all Rand Paul, yes, Rand Paul's Lindsey another Graham, one. Mitch McConnell, uh, name them all. They're all complicit. They have all taken money from the Russians, all of them, whether it was filtered through the NRA or, or it was a direct payment. They've all taken money. You're not going to line Devin up. Devin Nunes, Dana Rohrbacher. Yeah, but you're not going to line up this huge – people are envisioning this huge – Oh my God! And listen, 
you know, all these people that going with president, you know, oh my God, I can't. And there, there's people out there that are kind of kidding about it, you know, and they know that it's not realistic. And there's people out there that actually take this seriously that there could be a President Pelosi. No, there's never going to be a President Pelosi. Never, okay. never. Okay. Line of Why, hold on. To the words hold that you're on. Choosing. The line of succession was created for mass, mass, mass casualties. Okay, that's how the line. They will be, if you read the Constitution, they will be given the opportunity before anything. They're not going to go in there and frog march and both out at the same time. That's not going to happen. They will have the opportunity to appoint somebody else up there, and a Republican. No, there will never be an Nancy Pelosi. The line of succession was created for mass casualties. So please, well, maybe everybody, it was. Stop. once again, please, it, when it, you make it, these, it, when you make these gone, blanket statements, John Silly, come on now, please. You know that's come on. That's just that's ridiculous. All right. You okay. Know. Fair enough. You have presented your case. However, once again. I don't know how many times I have to remind you that this is not a normal situation, and maybe it uh, was invented for a mass casualty well, situation, but it the is there. If you're going to follow the rule, if you're going to follow the Constitution and, and into the line of succession, why it was created, and went and outgoing, whether whoever goes for let's just say hypothetically that we have a Watergate 2.0, exactly the same thing happens. Spiro Agnew um, was um, charged or was going to be charged with some financial um, um, crimes and and what have you, um, and Agnew resigns. Nixon appoints Ford. Shortly thereafter, Nixon resigns. They knew all this was coming is my point. Here's my my point. This is is no – let me finish. This is what I want everybody to understand. Look, they're going if this all goes down, they're going to know that this is coming, okay? Trump and Pence will know that this is coming and they will be given the opportunity, absolutely 100%, okay? They will know this is coming just like Nixon did, just like uh Agnew did, um and Ford and they will be given the opportunity to appoint somebody into that position whether it's into a vice presidency or what have you. But it will go down just like that. It's not going to be President Pelosi, okay? The line of succession was created for mass casualties. Okay. okay. I heard what you said. I heard what you said. And I understand why it was created. I understand that. But again, I'm, I, I mean, this is not a situation that we have ever had to deal with as a nation before, even though we've dealt with the Nixon version of what impeachment looks like and the Bill Clinton version of what impeachment looks like. This is different. And if, of course, and uh, you know, yes, I'm exhausted by the speculating as well, Jason. I'm exhausted <laughs> by it. I want it over as I want it over even more than you do. And I want to know all the things. And there are things we still, we will never know because sometimes it's more important to protect the nation's uh, consciousness and keep them from freaking out and in terror. So there may be things that we'll never know. We'll find out the most important things. Eventually, we I'll will, listen. I believe. I, I'm not done. I let, hey, hey, I let you okay. go. I know. Give, give me All a second. Right, give me a second. Okay. Let us, <laughs> okay. Just, let us just 
spring to a month from now. It's a month from today. It's a new Democratic House has been sworn in. We have Nancy Pelosi is our Speaker of the House. And everybody's just going about the day-to-day of what it means to have a new Democratic House. And they're, they're chugging along. And all of a sudden, boom, we find out what? Not just Trump, but Pence also. You don't say if. Big if, big if, lots of le- lots of flashing lights around that word. If it comes to that, it'll go back to what I said months and months and months ago, is they may decide to appoint Nancy Pelosi as a president pro temp until they can put into place either a special election or they decide to have her be a president pro temp until the 2020 election cycle rolls around. It could happen because, again, we are in uncharted waters here, and that may be a solution if they, instead of making her Who, the official president, calling her Who president is going to do this, Tara? <clears throat> then you're we not don't going know to, that. This whole what? We don't know that. It is another Tara, road they could not... go down. I listened to you spin it. Okay, well, All listen, I do know is... one thing. I, I do know this, and I can say this with 100% absolute certainty, what the Constitution says. So you have to I go know by what the Constitution. the Constitution says. Okay, so I will give you everything as a possibility. Impeachment, is it a po- do I believe it will happen? No. Is it a possibility? Absolutely it is. Um, is, it, is, is <clears throat> indicting a sitting president a possibility? Can it be done? I guess. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm sure, you know, let the Supreme Court figure that out. One thing I will not give you, there will never be a Nancy Pelosi with Hillary Clinton as the vice president. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't think that either. I do no. not think and that. We I think have that's... A, and if we already have a president pro Tim in the Senate, by the way, for people that do not know their civics, I'm not speaking to you, Tara. We already have a president pro Tim. But Nancy Pelosi is not going to be president of the United States ever. Never. Okay. No. Not all, unless, alrighty. Not alrighty. Okay. Trump. We have your opinion on the record. We have my opinion on the record. We can ask That's Ellie Honig not, what he thinks. The bottom line is that my, nobody knows. It's That's not my opinion. Line. It's the Constitution. It doesn't the matter. Once again, the once will again be I will remind you. When was the Constitution written? When was the Constitution? When was when was the Constitution afforded the op- This is very clear in the line of succession. The president will be afforded the opportunity to appoint a vice president or and or a vice president. In the in the in the case of a mass casualty event, whereas Trump and Pence something happened, they were in a plane crash, both lost their lives simultaneously then Nancy Pelosi would immediately then be sworn in as president of the United States. That right. is not going to happen. Hopefully, it was I would that say not- that if, if, again, if, we learn in the next little bit, however long it is, and I don't know how long it is, but I bet Bob Mueller knows how involved Mike Pence was in all of this stuff and how – He's as complicit as Donald Trump, as the rest of the GOP. Then if both of them decide to exit their respective offices, 
then the Speaker of the House would have to be appointed to take over. Yes, but they will – yes, you're correct, but they will not exit without appointing <laughs> – they're not going to exit without appointing. That's, that's the constant – I mean, Tara, come on. Okay, so, so, okay, so in that situation, if both Trump and Pence are forced out, why would they – and they're – because they've been complicit in this scandal – they're and going, the this will, selling out of our country. Don't you think that they should not be allowed to appoint another person, and they should just be removed? Well, that's really neither. That my opinion on that is really neither here nor there. They're the president and the vice president of the United States, like it or not, in in not if in they the, were not you know, legitimately elected. But that's look, we're. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you want to go back to that. And vice president of the United States, they're going to be given, they're going to be afforded the opportunity in the event that both of them are, they're going to know way ahead of time. They're going to know ahead of time, and they're going to know to appoint a Republican replacement. Um, you know, whoever would I just don't think that they should be allowed to appoint a replacement if they are both guilty of treason. But that's how it's going to happen. I, you, you can, but I mean, it should, you, can, is, I, you know, whether it is or it isn't, but there's been a whole lot of shouldn'ts with this administration from the from the second they were sworn in. And also let us remind everybody that finally, 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 the vi- the violations of the emoluments clause that have been happening from literally the second he was sworn in, they are finally also uh, he's being subpoenaed for that. And all of his records are being subpoenaed because all of his business dealings and all of that, that was also going on during the campaign, that it should not have been going on, that Cohen testified to, that I'm sure Mike Flynn testified to, that Paul Manafort has admitted to. That's a bad thing as well. That's happening concurrently with all of the other things. So it's not just one thing and everyone's like, oh, Russian collusion. Remember, You also have to remember the, the, his other criminal activities. That he can also be taken down from, not just the Trump Organization stuff, but the Trump Tower of Moscow thing and money laundering and the but and his whole family being complicit in helping him violate the emoluments clause because they continue to conduct business and he continues to earn money and he's not supposed to. So all of that is going to it's like it's all coming together at once in this perfect storm and one of these things is going to land hard enough. And it may, and we can again talk to Ellie at the top of the hour when he joins us, as we've talked to Brian Karam, as we've talked to Sherry Jacobus, as we've talked to Tara Setmeyer, when it comes to the children, the main adult children, we really don't know if he would sacrifice himself to save them or he would just continue to go on and let them all fry. I'm not entirely sure. Really don't know. But what it comes down, I mean, Don Jr. lied to Congress. We have now seen what Bob Mueller will do to people who have lied to Congress. Don Jr. should be shitting in his pants and Kim Guilfoyle should be looking for another family to use to social climb because (laughs) Don Jr. is not long for freedom. Don Jr. is not long for freedom, and neither is Eric, and neither is Princess Sparkleface, unless they decide to turn evidence against their daddy. Will they do that? Will they all turn on each other in the interest of saving themselves? That will be something very interesting to watch this play out. 
I love the way Tara is framing this. I mean, it's like I'm just, you're framing this. Whole, no, hold on a second. The way you're framing this, will this, will this? I mean, you're gonna like, you're gonna have to tune into the next episode of TaylorTaraRadio.com. I mean, seriously, because from day to day, yeah. from day to day, we don't know what's gonna. I happen, love do the we? way you're framing no, this. It's so good. But yeah, no, I'm sitting here listening. That's, a, that's like, an angle damn. that you need to consider. Because that's what they, that's what you, look that's what all these news channels do. Listen, let me tell everybody something. What, what, they, like, what, all what these, else like, can we do except look at what well, we know and wonder how they're going to deal with it? Let me let me let me touch on something, and then I really wanted to before we get into talking to um, Ellie Honig um, on the all the Mueller Flynn stuff. I, I did want to touch on the financial uh, end, but real quickly on what happened with the market yesterday and and where we're going. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? <laughs> sure. I'm, I, you know, okay, I'm not well, the numbers first, girl, but, and I don't play listen. the market, but I know that an 800-point drop is bad. I know that. Yes. yes, that was bad. But no, I want to say, listen, a lot of, okay, so you have a lot of, let me, you have a lot of high-profile, let's just call them high-profile tweeters out there who also um, happen to be, um uh, you know, under contract with MSNBC or CNN, what have you. So, you know, they, they listen, they will tweet this wild ass shit, um, or they got a book coming out, or they have a book out, or they're trying to sell a book. They will tweet this crazy wild ass shit and, and get you to, when they know damn good and well that, none, that, that the majority of what they're saying is never going to come to pass, but that you will tune in. To hear them talk about it on the air, you will go out and buy their book, or you will retweet them a uh, hundred thousand times. So, just I just wanted to get that out there. Just be aware of that. And Nancy Pelosi will never be president, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, I had to get that in there. So yesterday, uh, we had Trump become the tariff man. And for those of you out there, that, yeah, yeah, for those of you out there that are really super. Yeah. I, I, I'm really, hearing Rocket Man when he yeah. said. <laughs> for those of you out there I that mean, are really super, for, this is for everybody that's really super stupid and that's really just kind of ignorant. This would be like all the Trump supporters out there. Uh, Listen, uh, a tariff is a tax. China is not paying a tax. American consumers are paying the tax, you idiots. Why doesn't he understand that? <laughs> Like, this is when I go back to it would have been really nice if one, just one journalist had asked him during the campaign, how does America work? Because he clearly doesn't know. He doesn't know how taxes and tariffs work. He doesn't know how the Constitution works. He doesn't know how anything works. No. And, you know, there was a tweet I tweeted yesterday, and it it, it kind of it took off and um, sort of. And, you know, two, 250 retweets, whatever. But I just was speculating, and it was kind of just – I hadn't tweeted in, like, whatever, and I was just watching the market go – you know, I'm, I trade in and out of the market, so I'm, I'm active in there. I'm not an economist. Let me always – I say that because I get people coming at me on Twitter a lot of times when I check – I don't check my mentions, but I'll open up a tweet to see my replies. They'll say, oh, you're not an economist. No, I'm not. My master's in political science. But – I, I, I have a lot of knowledge in the market because I'm active in the market, in both overnight markets and in the um, U.S. markets. 
But I tweeted a tweet, Tara, and I said, I wonder, this is all this shit was going down yesterday on the market. I said, I wonder if anybody has advanced notice of Trump's market moving tweets and what these people are doing with that knowledge. Even a few hours of advanced notice that Trump is about to release tweets like these ones he today could make a person a lot of money in a few hours. And I would be very curious to know if I had who you know, you got to know that Trump is tipping off some people, that he's about to tweet some crazy shit on China, and you better short your stocks. <laughs> hmm. Isn't that insider trading, kind of, and isn't that also illegal? Uh, yes, that's absolutely okay. insider trading. Uh, there's a whole, right, that's cool. a whole lot of crime. You know what? That's a whole lot of crimes, financial crimes involved in that. I mean, Trump, that be like an old, what a tangle web we weave there. I mean, there's like a whole bunch of crimes in there. I mean, a lot. I mean, so, you know, if all of that. Couldn't couldn't he go to jail for that too? Insider trading is illegal, as is obstruction of justice and witness tampering. These are all things that he's guilty of. Yeah, because he does it in his yeah, tweets every single day. Today. And he's doing it again today. Because I looked over there and I hadn't lo- I I haven't looked over his Twitter feed. I couldn't tell you the last time. Uh, unless I see a tweet of his posted in a news article I'm reading. I just I've never got. But I'm over there right now, and I went over there because I wanted to read. The tweet that you said he tweeted, looking forward to being with the book. Looking forward, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you don't look forward to a funeral, you fucking ingrate. It's just come Right. So I wanted to go and read this for myself. Not not that I didn't believe Of course I believe you. I just wanted to see how – I want to see see how he worded it. But anyways, right above that, actually, um, he tweeted, hopefully OPEC will be be keeping oil flows as is, not restricted. The world does, does not want to see or need higher oil prices. So once again, here we go. Now I haven't looked over at oil futures today. That's something that uh, I keep a I keep an eye on the commodities markets because I believe that has been a telltale sign from the beginning that we're headed for a recession slash depression, the likes of something we've never seen, and we maybe we need it since the 1930s. I mean, it's going to make 2007 look like a firecracker, um, mm. but. Really, I mean, really, I believe that we're headed for an enormous. Um, I, I believe we're headed for an enormous meltdown. I mean, when you have the, the, I mean, you have the Fed, and that's another thing. You know, we were, I, I, you know, I've been talking about with people in the in the in, <clears throat> in the field of economics and 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 various hedge fund people and friends of mine and just kind of like day traders and what have you. Um, you know. Th- Trump, you know, every time he starts screaming, you know, at at the at the at the Fed, you know, it's it scares the living, you know, it scares the bejesus out of everybody on Wall Street and around the world for that matter. And he, I think he, I'm, I don't think, I know he knows this, and he likes to see how much control. And this is this is how crazy this man is, by the way. You want to, if you want, if if any of this other stuff hasn't done crazy for you. This man is so crazy, the one Donald J. Trump, is that he likes to toy around with <clears> – he, he finds it fun to, to toy around with the uh, uh, economic viability of virtually every country on the face of this planet, Tara. But he he's such a great businessman. 
said no one ever. He, he, but that's how crazy he is. Simply with this well, OPEC yeah. tweet, I, I bet you I can go look at oil futures right now, and I'm willing to bet they closed yesterday at 52.37 a barrel. I bet you they're down right now. I bet you they're down. I'm, I wouldn't know how much, but I'm going to go look because now I'm curious. But I, you um, know what? But, I, I I'm just tired of the whole world having to deal with his tantrums and his moods. It goes back to that feeling of when your dad yelled at you at the dinner table and you felt terrible for the rest of the meal. He makes the whole world feel like that. And I'm tired of his moody tantrums dictating the markets and everybody's mood and our livelihoods. I'm tired. I'm exhausted by it. And I'm, I, I'm very resentful. Also, and I'm, I'm starting to feel, well, not starting, I have been feeling, kind of like you feel when you're a teenager and you realize your dad's a loser and you start fighting back. Because, like, I used to not fight back when my dad yelled at me or belittled me or insulted me or verbally abused me. I should just stand there and take it because I thought I had to because he's your dad and that's what you have. We don't have to take any of his shit, okay? A therapist once told me, you know, you don't have to eat shit. And I was like, I don't? We don't have to eat shit, folks. We don't. We, we did not sign up for that. That is not why we, we live our lives, right? Where we didn't sign on for that. And I'm done. And I'm exhausted by it. And it's just, I'm tired of feeling like my dad just yelled at me all the time. I, I'm, you know, I'm tired of it. And it's exhausting for the rest of us. And the fact that for the last two years that we have been living like this and we've all gotten used to it is not normal. And I think it is an incredibly important thing. And um, thanks to at Proud Resistor for retweeting me because it, my tweet is doing very well. It, it's a, you know, it's insulting to the memory of George H.W. Bush to have him sitting there. And it's, you know, it doesn't do anything for us as a nation. It, 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 we have nothing to be proud of. Um, what, what I tweeted was seeing him and his human buffer co-conspirator wife sitting next to real presidents and first ladies is sickening and insulting to the memory of George H.W. Bush and everyone else who was legitimately elected to the office. I'm, I'm tired of this baby man bringing the world down when we used to have a president who used to lift us up every single day. I'm really tired of that. I think that's something that people forget because we've gotten so used to feeling this way and living this way is that even when things were not great during the eight years Obama was president and nobody is saying that we were dancing in the streets, having parades on the daily, we had our own issues and struggles. Absolutely. But we had a president whose daily goal was to lift us up. And if you go back and you look at tweets that he sent during that time and speeches that he made, and even off-the-cuff interviews, even when he was walking the press line. There's an uh, underlying theme of optimism and hope to everything that Barack Obama said to the American people during his presidency. We have not had that feeling or even a shred of it since this person took office. And so I'm tired of feeling like that. And I think we all are as a country and the world. I mean, Look at how everyone was laughing at him at G20 when he signed the documents for NAFTA in the, on the wrong line. Remember that? I'm, I, I don't know if it was for the new NAFTA deal for whatever, but he was signing uh, something at, and all of, everyone saw that he was signing on the wrong line and they all laughed at him. He's an idiot. He's a moron. He's an embarrassment. And uh, he's a criminal. 
and we all know this. And the fact that Saturday Night Live just makes a joke about it, and we all joke about it, and it's funny, and we have these clever tweets and memes and, and it's all like that. Non- and he loves it because he's and he loves it because he's in. The, it's just nonstop. I mean, it's Trump, 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 Trump every day. That's why I cannot watch. TV, why I cannot watch. Um, news anymore now like now when like if, if rachel maddow has a special you know I'll, I'll i'll see that you know i'll go to msnbc uh, msnbc's uh, website and then, then I'll, I'll i'll dvr it and i'll i'll go back and watch you know if, or or you know whoever's having like a special or something you know i'll go and watch that but just to sit there and watch like oh my god it's unbearable Tara. i can't sit there and watch all i don't know how people can sit there and watch msnbc um, and, or CNN all day long, and you know all these daytime talkers on there. Oh my God, it's just like Trump this, Trump that. I mean, it's just Trump, 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 Trump. I mean, it's just, woo, man. I mean, it's just I can't take it. <laughs> I know. Real quickly, and he, I mean, real, real quickly. That, that I wanted tweet to, that you look, sent me. Keith Boykin yeah, that, tweet yeah, that I, you sent me. Yes, look at that. Now, now <laughs> he's such a now, Danny, I mean, come now, on. Now, let me lay this out. What they're doing there now, George H. W. Bush, they're Episcopalian, which is very for people. I've had people ask me that. Well, what is that exactly? Well, it's very close to Catholicism, uh, and just let me leave it there. It's close. Um, but what they're doing there, they're reciting the Apostles' Creed. We as Catholics, I'm Catholic. We do the same thing, and um, and out of respect, now nobody there. From Obama to the Clintons to Carters, none of them are Episcopalian or Catholic or Lutheran. So, but and the, but there's many that do recite the Apostles' Creed. I know it by heart. I've known it since I was, I don't know, four years old. So they're all out of respect. They're sitting there with the with with and people still do that, you know, because a lot of people will forget, you know, they don't have, you know, they can't memor- good at memorizing things and what have you. So they will. Um, you know, they will have your booklet there for you to pick up when you're reciting the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Apostles' Creed and you're in Mass. And uh, whether you're Catholic or you're you, – you don't have Mass if you're Episcopalian. But anyways, long story short, if you're looking at this, I wanted to get Tara's take on this because I'm looking at this. Keith Boykin said, quote, this is your, quote, Christian evangelical president. Everybody else up there is holding reciting the Apostles' Creed. Except Trump and Melania. Trump does he? He's just like forget about it. He's such an ingrate. <laughs> I swear. What? I mean, I, how can you look ingrate. at this man? Tara, give me one second here. How can in you, in the name of God, if you are a Christian, if can you look at this man and and say yes, this is indeed a man of God. He is. He is so just perfect. He is God's chosen one. I don't – I mean he can't even acknowledge the Apostles' Creed, one of the most holiest things that we say in a number of, of, of religions, whether it's Catholicism or you're, you're Episcopalian or you're Lutheran or you say it in your in – your, in a lot of Protestant churches will say the Apostles' Creed. You know, it's just I, I, I'm un, I'm just stunned, Tara. I mean, it's just when I look at this picture, that's all people look at that picture. Right, I've got it paused right there at one second, right there in the beginning, at one second when every other president and former first lady are sitting there with their booklets, their Apostles' Creed to read it out. Some people sing it, 
Um, and Trump and Melania, Melania doesn't even have one, and Trump's got one, but he's not looking at it. Um, <laughs> okay, um, I know we're, we're going to need to go to break and bring Ellie Honig in very soon here, but I just tweeted, and I'll send you the tweet if you need me to, but <laughs> I just tweeted that he thinks Apostles Creed is Apollo Creed's son. God. Probably does. That's what I, tw- I just tweeted it because he's a moron. All right, let's go to break here. We have a fantastic guest waiting on the line. Ellie Honig writes for CNN. He has a great uh, opinion piece this morning if you haven't seen it. We're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back and have a great conversation with Ellie Honig about Mueller and more on Taylor Tower Radio. tuned in and listening to Taylor Terra Radio, TaylorTerraRadio.com, where you can catch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. If you missed any of the show today, you can go back and um, catch the show once we're done live. Wait about 15 minutes and you can go back and listen to the show or download the show right here on TaylorTerraRadio.com. Or any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Spreaker. We're on Google Play Music. We're on uh, any platform that podcasts are available. You're going to find Taylor Terra Radio. And that's simply what you need to do. You can just go to Google and type in Taylor Terra Radio. And it will pull up a couple pages 
of um, suggestions for you to go and listen to the show and pick your favorite, download your favorite app. I have a couple favorite podcast listening apps because I really listen to a lot of different podcasts. I like TuneIn, and actually my favorite podcast app is Podcast Addict. I, I really like the functionality of that app, and uh, I enjoy it. So there's that. All right, if you like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Taylor. If you like to follow my partner and my co-host and my friend on Twitter, Tara Dublin, you can do so at Tara Dublin Rocks. And we encourage everyone to follow the show account on Twitter, Taylor Tara Radio. We also have an Instagram that, well, Tara, I've been trying to sort of keep it kind of active a little bit. But yeah, you know, <laughs> sort of. We don't really but, need an Instagram because we're on. No, I know we don't. We're, we're something that and you listen really, to and not look at. You know, you I don't look really at us. You listen stupid, to us. Like, yeah, I feel really kind of. I feel kind of. I don't know. I just like. I feel like a teenager. I feel like a teenager when I'm like posting stuff on Instagram. Like, I'm gonna post a picture of myself now. (laughs) Don't no. It's it's unnecessary. No, no, no. We're about the talking, not the visual, and that's intentional for everybody out there. So, anywho, speaking of the talking, we have an we have a great guest holding on the line to talk with us. Ellie Honig is uh, a contributor to CNN. He has a great, great piece today on the Mueller investigation and what we learned and what we still have yet to learn. Welcome to Taylor and Tara Radio, Ellie Honig. Hey, thank you very much for having me. How are you today, my yes, friend? Welcome, Ellie. I'm doing great. You, I have to address the Instagram thing that Jason just brought up. So I'm on Instagram and I follow one person, and that's my 11-year-old daughter, just to make sure she's not <laughs> involved. <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm like... The visual yeah, mediums I, are for the kids, right? Like your Instagram so. and your Snapchat. I'm barely keeping up with Twitter and Facebook, and I think those are old people apps. So, uh, yeah, I think Instagram is <laughs> for the cool kids. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to jump can't, right can't in with uh, – Yeah, let's jump right in with the, uh, the piece that you contributed the, to this morning. Um, looking yeah. at it right now. How to read between the lines of Mueller's <laughs> blacked-out memo on Michael Flynn because it seems like – there's more black lines than uh, legible lines in that. A lot of redactions. Do you believe, as I do, that beneath the black lines is the name Mike Pence over and over again, she said with her fingers crossed? Interesting. Um, It it could be if you sort of read between the lines. It was a a strange evening last night because every commentator – uh, and every journalist was that was refreshing the, the, the court webpage over and over. When's this going to come? Five o'clock, six o'clock. And then finally it posts at 8.32 p.m. and half of it's blacked out and people sort of freak right. out. And what I, what I tried to do in the article I'll try to do here is sort of bring my – and I'll try to bring a kind of a decoder ring to it. Now, what I can't do is see through that black – um, but what I can do is look at some of the stuff that's not blacked out and, and try to draw out some clues that I think are pretty telling as to what Flynn has given Mueller and what Mueller has ahead. So is, is Pence under, the, under there? I, I just couldn't. It would just be a wild guess. But, but I can give you some other things that I think you can look at to draw some conclusions. Bring it. <laughs> All right. We're looking for shreds of hope here, Ellie. That's what we're looking yes. for. We need things to cling yes. to. So here, here's some, some markers that I would say. First of all, the sheer volume, right? The, the, the paper revealed that, that Mueller had sat with – Mueller and other federal prosecutors have sat with Mike Flynn 19 times. Now, 
I circled that. I spent, you know, like I said, I spent eight of my 14 years federal, dealt with dozens of cooperators, guys with, I did mafia cases, so guys with decades of history under them. And I never sat with a witness, cooperating witness, 19 times, I'm pretty sure. That is a, a massive amount of time to spend with a cooperating witness. Also, remember, Mueller adjourned the sentence four times. He kept pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off, which tells me they weren't done with him. And indeed, another thing the paper reveals, they're still not done with him. I think the, the three most important words in this, in, in this filing yesterday is, Several ongoing investigations, plural. Mm-hmm. So, right, inve- investigations is plural, more than one, and ongoing means we still haven't seen the full result of them yet. Um, now, everyone's trying to figure out what are the investigations. I kind of bring, I, people are, there's a debate about is there two or three in there. So, there, it's clear that, and I think this is important, Flynn has given Mueller some information on, quote, links or coordination between the, the Trump campaign and Russia. That's collusion. That's what Trump and Rudy call collusion. Now, has Flynn delivered a headshot? Has he, can he put Trump directly into calls directly with Russians? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But he gave him something on collusion. We know that for sure. And look, there was a possibility Flynn might have said to Mueller, look, I can give you various things, but I don't know anything about the campaign folks dealing with Russia. But that's not what happened. So he gave him something on collusion. Uh, there's also the crime that Flynn himself was convicted for, which when you think back on it now, I think it takes on sort of a new heft. Remember, Flynn lied to the FBI because Flynn, during transition in December, had had conversations with the Russian ambassador, this guy, Sergei Kislyak, where he told Kislyak basically, hey, Obama just put these sanctions on on you all, Russia, uh, because you interfered with the election. Just hang tight. Don't escalate it with with the obvious wink, wink being, we're going to take care of you when we take over in a month. That, that takes on, I think, a new sort of tint now that we know a lot more about how deeply the campaign was, was entrenched with, with Russians. And my big question, and it's not answered by this filing, is, well, was anyone else involved in that, in making assurances to the Russians, to Kislyak, about, hey, we're going to sort of go light on you when we, when we take over? Um, but the, the memo does say that Flynn provided information about that. And then there's this straight-up mystery case where it, it basically says uh, that, that – uh, Flynn provided information about a, a, a case, and then there's like 21 lines of black uh, uh, redaction. So right. that is a straight-up mystery. There's no way to know what that is. Who knows? Could it be Pence under there? Could it be – it could be anybody, high or low. So um, the, the last thing that sort of jumps out at me is is this language that Mueller uses talking about how Flynn provided, quote, firsthand insight. Now, that means something to a prosecutor. Firsthand means – He's in the room, and it means he told them it was me, and it was A and B and C, and we did this or we discussed that. Sometimes you get cooperators, and they just don't have that kind of access. They're kind of second-tier guys, and I think someone like Papadopoulos or maybe Rick Gates in this case would be a kind of second-tier guy who wouldn't be in the room, but he might be able to say, well, I was told by somebody that they heard that this happened, or um, I heard sort of it was in the grapevine. That still can be useful to a, cooper- to, to a prosecutor, but it's not as good as firsthand. So uh, that's another clue that I pull out of this. Mm-hmm. It's all kinds of goodness that we can there's, – there's gold to be mined here for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and before you joined us, you know, Jason and I were kind of going over what could be redacted, what would be uh, something that makes sense considering Flynn's access – who he was uh, appointed by, you know, who Manafort found him. 
he did all of this stuff. It's it's hard for me as I'm maybe maybe I'm a little jaded, Ellie, or maybe I'm just paying attention. It's hard for me to believe that in all of this going on, that Mike Pence is the lone innocent, clueless, flitting around like a pretty girl who doesn't have a care in the world. It's very hard for me to believe that he knew nothing. So that's why I, you know, yeah. I asked you if you believe that underneath all of the blackout is Mike Pence's name repeatedly, and Bob Mueller just doesn't want to release that to the United States of America just yet. And maybe he's holding on to that. Yeah. Because so, no so one was I really talking about Pence yesterday when when the bomb dropped. Yeah, I, I mean, I hadn't heard that until until this show. Um, you mm-hmm. do raise a good point about access, right? Flynn obviously had high level inner circle access. He was he was a key advisor during the campaign. He spent I think three weeks after inauguration as the national security advisor. Like I said, that is inner inner circle stuff. And, and you're right that a lot of different people have been caught up in this, and, and no one's really focused on Pence. A couple things about Pence. Number one. Some of the protections that a president might have, executive privilege or the common notion, I think, that DOJ would be unlikely to indict a sitting president, do not apply to a vice president. Um, and, you know, Pence was right in the mix when Flynn committed his crime of lying to the FBI. Now, based on the reporting out there now, it does appear that. Flynn also lied to Pence, and that's why they fired him. Flynn told the same lie to the, F- to, to the FBI that he told to Pence. But if it turns out that's different somehow, if it turns out Pence knew the truth and was in on uh, Flynn lying to the FBI somehow, that changes everything. Right. Well, you know, within within the uh, the pages that we were privileged to see last night, I took a photo of it and, and tweeted it, actually, because it says that Flynn gave the Mueller investigation information regarding the Trump transition team's coordination with Russia. And who led the Trump transition team? Mike Pence. So it stands to reason that Mike Pence knows things or was involved in things that aren't legal. It it could well be. That's what I would draw from that. Possible. But like I said, anyone can be under – and one thing about the redaction that that I think is important to understand, I I wouldn't necessarily conclude that they redacted because there's somebody super sensitive under there. There might be. I mean, look, everyone Flynn was dealing with is a high-profile person, but it is common to redact because what you're trying to do as a prosecutor is protect your ongoing investigation. So there may be things that Mueller is doing secretly, legally and appropriately, um, but for any number of reasons, as a prosecutor, you have to protect the secrecy, the confidentiality of your ongoing investigations. And so I think that's the reason Mueller redacted as much as he did. Mm-hmm. And then we also are looking at the Manafort sentencing memo coming out on Friday. And yep. Manafort, obviously, already in humongous amounts of trouble. Uh, we've also learned that he's lied to the Mueller investigation and got caught doing what kind of an idiot are you that you're already in jail and you're going to you're going to try to lie your way out of something where they know you they have you dead to rights. Um, yeah, obviously we can speculate until the cows come home. But is, is there something that you think that is going to be in that sentencing memo uh, that's going to shock America or surprise us, something that we don't know yet or. Do you think Manafort's got something that uh, was so horrific he had to try to cover it with lies and Mueller's gotten it out of him? So I do think that memo is going to be huge. I think it's going to make a bigger impact even than this Flynn memo. Um, so mm-hmm. a couple things about Manafort. I, I think your, your, uh, your 
question on the record was, what kind of an idiot is this guy, which I'd like to <laughs> um, a, a huge one. Um, he's yeah. done the, the two worst things you can possibly do as a criminal defendant. One, he's gone to trial and lost. That's how you get buried, sentence-wise. And probably worse than that, he's tried to cooperate and then lied. And that is so self-destructive. Judges will destroy you for that. Prosecutors will try to bury you for that. It is the most self-destructive thing you can possibly do. Now, what's he thinking? Who knows? There's some theory that maybe he was a mole. There's also a theory. I think the simpler theory is he's just an arrogant, egomaniacal liar. Look at the guy's history. All he's done is Well, yeah, and he also you. probably still thinks he's going to get pardoned at some well, point. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. This guy, if, if he's not pardoned, he's dying behind bars. He's 69 years right. old. I think he's about to turn 70. Even when, they, when he got convicted in that first trial over this, in August in D.C., we all played with the numbers. But I think the, the conservative estimate was he was looking at 8 to 12 years. Now you mm-hmm. add on the fact that he's pled guilty to more crimes when, when he became a failed cooperator. And he failed his cooperator. He lied to the feds. He's going to get buried. So, the, I mean, unless the guy lives to be 120, he's going to die yeah. in jail. Now, right. the only hope for this guy is a pardon. And he and Trump have been playing footsie about this since before the trial. I had a theory before a trial that Trump – I mean, it wasn't all that novel. It was fairly obvious that Trump was trying to float the idea of a pardon, saying things publicly like, I feel so bad for Paul Manafort. He's a good man. He's been done – he's a hero. He's been done hard by – I mean, that's an absurd thing for the president to say about a guy who was convicted of stealing, you know, cheating the IRS, his federal government, out of tens of millions of dollars. It's a pretty outrageous thing for the president to say. Um, so, look, Manafort, that's, his, that's, that's all he's got left. Is, is the hope of a pardon. Um, and if Trump does it, I, boy, that's gonna, there's going to be a political cost to that at a minimum. I think people are going to bow, and rightly so. Absolutely. I, really, I, the memo. I, the memo. Yeah, I agree with I you 100%, Ellie. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you um, 100%. Um, yeah, if, if he pardons Manafort, I mean, I think he digs his heels in and, and, and just pardons everybody. Um, but I had a really – I wanted – I had a question for you, and um, – yeah. Something that we talk a lot about here on on the show as of late. Um, what is your position on being able to indict a sitting president, and if or or and your opinion on that, and and or do you believe yeah. that that would be something that SCOTUS would take up? Um, I, I do not think Robert Mueller will try it. Um, if he did, it would absolutely end up in front of the Supreme Court. So the landscape is. There is a policy memo that I'm, it's public. I'm sure you've seen it in, in your debate that says presumptively DOJ, you, we should not be indicting a sitting president. And, and look, yeah. I think there are good legitimate reasons for that that you could you would just derail the country if you did that. Um, but but there are countervailing views. Um, Ken Starr, when he was doing the Clinton uh, investigation in the late '90s, got an opinion from his counsel that said you can, you may. Yeah, um, the yeah. question is, would Mueller try it? Well, look, if he tried it, it would end up in front of the Supreme Court very quickly. But I don't know Mueller personally. He was in charge of the FBI throughout the time I was at the Southern District, so he would come. He would do his tour and speak to us sometimes. And um, I know plenty of people who work directly with him. And by all accounts, he is a conservative. And I don't mean politically. I mean just in terms of the way he conducts himself. Conservative person who's not likely to make waves or take risks or gambles. He plays as close to the book as he possibly can. So I don't think we're going to ultimately see that question played out. 
I do think it's hard. You have to pull yourself out of sort of the immediate situation of it's Donald Trump who's this inflammatory figure. But I do think bigger picture, you know, longer term, I think it's probably a sounder policy that that you cannot indict a sitting president. You can impeach him. And if and when he either is impeached and thrown out of office or loses an election, if what he's done is serious enough, he can then be indicted. But I don't think we're going to see that play out in the courts. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you, Ellie. I would agree with you. And that's basically I've said that all along. I, I just I don't see Mueller, um, you know, indicting, trying to indict a, a sitting president, and then obviously it would end up, as you said, immediately um, in front of the Supreme Court. Um, well, all this. I, I, I mean, mean there, he may not have like, to. Also, he may not have to indict him. He may not have to if. So, Ellie, one of the other things that we talk about is mm-hmm. if, if if it came to, because we also we're talking about all of this Mueller stuff, but we also have to remember that, <clears throat> pardon me, there's a case in New York State against the Trump Organization brought by the state attorney general of New York, where Michael Cohen has cooperated and others have cooperated. David Pecker received immunity uh, in, in that situation. Is it possible that I mean, and also Don Jr., has lied to Congress. We also know that now Mueller will uh, talk to people who are who have lied to Congress. The kids are in trouble. Is the bottom line. Yeah. Especially Don yeah. Jr. and Eric. I said right before you joined us, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the main adult children decided to turn testimony against their father to save their own asses. Uh, this is a family that I think that they would turn on each other in a second. And I've often said that Donald Trump would walk over the bodies of his children to get out of a burning building and then turn around and blame them for setting the fire. So uh, a family this criminally evil, what, what do you see happening in that case that the state attorney general is bringing against the Trump Foundation in New York, how it impacts the children? And then does Trump resign to save his kids? Or so, does he just yep. let it all play out because he's so – controlled by his ego and he's so controlled by daddy Vlad that he's stuck. So I, I, I do have a slightly different theory on the kids. I, I agree that Don Jr. in particular could be in trouble now. We, we now know that he testified about the timing of the Moscow project and he would have the same, have had the exact same incentive that Cohen had to cover up for his dad and to not let the world know that his dad was deep into dealings with Russia, deep into the election. Um, It's a little unclear exactly what Don Jr. said to to Congress. There's been summaries released, but not as exact testimony. But look, we know Mueller will indict. He just indicted, well, charged by information, Michael Cohen for lying to Congress about this exact same subject. So I think Don Jr. is absolutely in legal jeopardy. My theory is if he gets indicted, the president, his father, pardons him that day, like immediately upon issuance. And, And I'll tell you why. First of all, I think I actually have a different view of the family. I think the family's quite tight knit. And again, this is all based on media reports. I, I think it's, it's maybe the one thing that Trump really holds true as a principle is, is dedication to his family. Obviously, he's had his marital issues and all that, but but the family that he considers his A level family, um, <laughs> his but, main but, adult children. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. what I refer to. Tiffany is not close. in it. So right, the ones he keeps close. But but I think he look. If Don Jr. gets indicted, he'll get bail. He's not going to get held pretrial. But 
he's going to have to get cuffs, and he's going to have to get fingerprinted, he's going to have to get processed through the marshals area. There is no way the president will allow his offspring to be put through that indignity. And, and I'll tell you something. If he does pardon his son, there will be political consequences. And again, people will flip out, and perhaps the, it will spur Congress to take action. But I, unlike some of the other pardon scenarios, I don't see it as criminal. I think if he pardons somebody who is potentially cooperating or was cooperating, I think the argument would be he's trying to stop this person from speaking, from testifying. That could be obstruction of justice. But there's no indication out there that Don Jr. would testify. So it would be wildly offensive and politically problematic, but I don't think it would be anything that Mueller could, say, charge him with obstruction for pardoning. So uh, that's one theory on the children. On the AG thing, the New York AG, so there is a pending civil suit right now against the Trump org that the New York Attorney General Office has brought, and we now know from the various files we've seen that there's a pending criminal investigation. There's not state-level criminal charges yet. There could be, and a lot of people sort of have uh, believed that, well, that would be immune from, from pardon. In other words, the president can't pardon someone from, from a state crime. That's actually not necessarily true. And I know this because I just finished five years practice. After I was a Fed in New York, I, I spent five years uh, in the New Jersey Attorney General's office, so state-level stuff. Um, different states have different laws about double jeopardy. And in New Jersey, it's very broad, and I, will, I don't want to turn this into law school, but basically in Jersey it says if you've been prosecuted for something and that one time in, by the feds and then you get prosecuted a second time by the state, and it's more or less the same kind of conduct or it could have been handled by the feds, that's double jeopardy. Um, and I think there's an argument that a pardon would be the, the first jeopardy. So it's not as clear-cut as some have said that, well, there's no way, there's nothing Trump could do about a state-level pardon. That's why we see this Supreme Court case that Orrin Hatch is involved in making its way up, uh, because what they're trying to do is expand the double jeopardy protections, I think, to make it uh, more likely that a pardon would, have, would, would knock out a state charge as well. Sorry if that was too legalistic. But uh, the real no, world, the I mean, real it's life of double jeopardy is different than teaching in law school. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I do think the New York AG is, is – they're obviously looking hard. They're obviously dumping a lot of resources. And look, that's a political position. The, the new AG was just elected. You know, Schneiderman got knocked out because of his own horrible conduct, rightly so. Right. And they just elected a new AG, and, and that position often is seen as a, as, as a direct path to the New York governor's office. So Yeah, she's not messing around thing. either. I mean, she jumped right on this case as soon as she took office. And so yeah. um, yep. when I – and. You know, and I look at that and, you know, you're a Jersey person. I'm a Jersey person. I grew up knowing that Donald Trump was disgusting my whole life in the <laughs> 70s and 80s, right? He was always on page six for being the chauvinist playboy. And Liz Smith yep. was always talking about he's out with this one. He's out with that one. Um, and I never grew up with any kind of respect for him. And I always knew he was horrible and disgusting. And so when I hear you talking about all of this stuff, none, none of his behavior will ever surprise me. I know he will never change. Um, and I hope, you know, eventually, because his whole life, he's, gets, he's been getting away with this for decades. His criminal behavior, his ties to the mob, his uh, money laundering schemes, his bankruptcy, everything. He gets away with everything. Do you feel that there will be a time where he will get some sort of come up and punishment some something because I, I, I need there to be something <laughs> just me personally, but I think so, we all need it. Right. We all, those, those of us who understand what's yeah, going on. You know what? Let, what you know what, Ellie? Uh, yeah. well, 
Ellie, one thing that that me, I, we, me, and you, uh, and you came on. You were speaking toward, uh, speaking on 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 Mueller, and speaking toward. You know, he is very conservative, not politically, but in his actions. And I completely agree with you. This is something that I've been saying all along. Um, I don't see. Um, him trying to indict a sitting president. I don't see, you know, I don't, you know, people on social media and, and, and on, you know, on, in the media, you know, you know, the speculation just goes, you know, wild. And, you know, they, they make Robert Mueller out to be this gunslinging wild west. He's going to come in and he's going to blow everything up. Everybody's going to be perk whopped out of the White House in handcuffs. And man, it's going down like this. And please don't bust my dreams. <laughs> well, and but uh, Ellie has came on here, and it's 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 what I, it's something that I've been talking about. That Robert Mueller is not this gunslinging Wild West guy's going to cuff everybody up, going to lock away the Trump family forever. You know, it's not going to go down this way. And so you, know, you bring some. What, what's the best we could hope for then? Honestly, okay. what's the so, like? Mueller, what's realistic? Yeah. So first off, Jason, you're right. Robert Mueller is not a gunslinger. He's not. He's not a maverick. What he is is just completely locked down. Everything he does exactly. is airtight and perfect. He doesn't go on record until he's got it in hand. I mean, if he was a you know if he was a major league baseball pitcher to use your gunslinger kind of analogy, he wouldn't be throwing 150 miles an hour and and drilling people and throw wild pitches. He would just never walk a guy ever. He just, you know, he has perfect control. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's the consummate pro. Um, what is the, what are the possible end game scenarios here? So I don't think he'll be indicted. The next question then is, will he be impeached? Um, I was on a panel recently where, where this question was asked and panelists sort of came from a variety of backgrounds. There's academics, defense lawyers, prosecutors, and we all agreed it's very unlikely Unless I threw it in a less, which I'll give you in a second. It's very unlikely, first of all, because the, the Democrats see the political cost of impeachment. Um, and I've heard and I actually spoke in sort of in green rooms and that kind of thing with a couple of Congress people. I won't violate the green room privilege by saying who, but they understand that if you impeach, you're going to pay a political price. Look at Bill Clinton. When Bill Clinton was impeached a couple of weeks later, his approval rating shot up to 73 percent and 30 something percent of the populace was in favor of impeachment. So there, there's a real backlash to impeachment because it's seen as grinding all the other business of the country to a halt. Now that said, my, my, my caveat that I threw in at the time and I'll throw in now is unless there's a real headshot, unless the case comes together in a remarkably compelling way, or there's, there's a piece of evidence, a piece of documentary evidence in email, but we know Trump doesn't email or a tape, which could be that just shows him directly ordering some sort of, well, I'll, well, I'll just use their term, collusion with Russia. But, but I think things have changed over the last week. I think when we saw that, when I saw the Michael Cohen filing last week, it started to snap into focus a bit more in the bigger picture with the, the propaganda farms on social media. It may not even be about, although it may, uh, but, but I was very focused on the Stone, Corsi, WikiLeaks thing, which still could come to fruition. But now I said, oh, okay. Trump had deep financial ties, and, and in order to make that Moscow project happen, he needed approvals from the Russian government. He knew it. His people around him knew it. He'd been trying to get that building built for years. 
This is why they all lied about it. This is why Trump lied to the public about it. And so it's starting – the theme here, the, the, the why of it is starting to come together a little bit. So what's going to – if he doesn't get impeached, what's going to happen? Look, it, it, it has to take a toll on him in 2020. Will he win in 2020? Who knows? I, I've always thought he wouldn't – I never thought that they would uh, nominate him. I never thought he'd survive the first two caucuses. I didn't think he'd be the nominee. I didn't think he'd win. So I've underestimated him at every turn politically. Um, so I have no idea about 2020. But I do think look, this will be a disgrace uh, for his legacy, even just what we know now. If everything ended right now and his campaign manager and his personal attorney – and his national security advisor and all these other second-tier guys, Papadopoulos and Gates, all got convicted. That, that, that's a huge black mark on a presidency. So well, I don't know yes, if that I don't fully think, satisfies yeah. either of you, but that's where I come out. Oh, and I can I say one yeah. more thing? Tara, I Absolutely. totally commiserate. People need to understand us Jersey kids have been living with Donald Trump for <laughs> way longer than the rest of you. Because I remember right. when I was a kid in the, in the 80s, these horrible commercials for his seedy casinos – down the oh shore, my down God, yes. oh, the I remember those too. I won't sing it. I won't sing it, although I sing it. Oh, oh my God, crazy. no, don't do that. The, no, the no, Trump, no, that'll set me Trump back emotionally. The Helen Casino where, where you get treated like a king. And I actually, thank God for YouTube. I, YouTube, I said, you guys have to see this horrible ad for the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. And they were just doubled <laughs> over laughing at how tacky it was. So <laughs> we've been living with this guy for a long time, longer than everybody else. We really have. And that's why... You know, when he announced his candidacy, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And what's funny is that, you know, there are things that you forget that he's done before all of this. Um, The other day, there was an old episode of Sex in the City was on, and it's the one where Samantha starts dating like this older rich man. And they show when they when she meets him, he's sitting at a corner table with Donald Trump on Sex (laughs) in the City. You forget that he did that. Or that he was in Home yeah. Alone too, you know, just you yeah. forget all of these things. But we don't forget. Jersey kids never forget. <laughs> we've been living no. with him a long time. He, we, we've been seeing him on TV, and you know, I mean, he, he ruined the USFL, the, 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 the that football uh, league that tried to challenge the NFL. Right? There's a great documentary about that. Um, he ruined so, yeah, everything. He, I think that's that's got, the point. He's got quite a history. He, well, yeah, no, the opposite of the Midas touch is the Trump touch, absolutely. Ellie Honig, thank you so, so much. We have, uh, we have reached the end of our segment, and we appreciate uh, you giving us your time today. Everyone should follow Ellie on Twitter, at Ellie Honig. Read his opinion pieces, because the insight that you give is really great. I always appreciate it when people who understand the law and government talk about it, because too many people just listen to him, and he's always lying, and he's wrong. So, Thank you so much, and we'd love to have you back as a guest sometime. Thanks. It was a, it was a real fun. Uh, anytime. Appreciate it. Yes, thank cool you, Ellie. Have Happy another Hanukkah. Jersey person on the, on, another Jersey person on the show. Thank you so, so much, Ellie Honig. <laughs> another, another great show. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, All happy right, Hanukkah. I'm such a bad Jew. <laughs> thank you. I'm happy Night Hanukkah. Four. <laughs> Night four right now. <laughs> That's right. Light your candles. Thanks, guys. All right. Good. Have, All have right. a great day. And there you go, um, There it is. Yeah. Boom. Another good one. I mean, listen, I, I, you know, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, you know, I had a couple of of things that I wanted to, to, I, I, you know, I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask him that specifically, and I knew that would kind of lead into others, 
I knew there were very leading questions that would hey, you would have to kind of expound into other areas. Any any kind of you know just um, reinforce my own. Now these are just my reinforce my own opinions, my own views on 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 how all this Trump mania is going to unfold, and that ultimately there will not be any indictments. Uh, not, I mean, excuse me. The the president will not. Mueller will not try to indict a sitting president. That's not how Mueller rolls. And there will be, you know, whether the House decides to take up articles of impeachment. I think <clears throat> Ellie was kind of clear, you know, that I, I don't really see that happening. The Democrats I know that I've spoken with, you know, they they don't want to go anywhere near that. But you know, we'll wait and see. Kara, I mean, he, he yes, was what a will. great and that's, our, and that's what's frustrating is that the, yeah. uh, once again, we said I said this on Monday. It's the not knowing. I'd rather hear, you know, the ugliest truth than the world's most beautiful lie. So just tell me so that I can yeah. deal with it and move on. So yeah. it's uh, it's the not knowing is killing. But again, uh, Friday will bring another sentencing memo, and this will be Manafort. And I agree with our guest, Ellie Honig, that that one is going to be even more damaging to the current administration than the Flynn yeah. memo. And then it's like he's building up. So if he, he presented the Flynn one first, because it's not that bad, then we get progressively worse with Manafort. And I think the Cohen one is the one that puts the nails in all the coffins. And we'll get that next week. So we shall yeah. see whatever transpires I, between you know, now and Friday. Uh, I see, you know, I see Trump. I see Trump. I see Trump going down, and and I see Trump being here. Obviously, being here in twenty. I, I mean, being here in twenty twenty. Unless he, and, and just, I see Trump as a real, just a, a a very shamed man, a very shamed man, a very a uh, 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 an ex president um, that nobody wants around. Um, I mean, I see him, I, I mean, almost becoming a recluse, you know, in his post-presidency, whatever, in, you know, however that goes down, whether he resigns or he's impeached or he loses in 2020. But, that, I mean, that's how I see it. You know, I, I don't see anything, and I, I don't wish, you know, I don't wish any sort of harm on anybody, and I'm not about to start now, but I, I, I I, I don't see the rest of Donald Trump's life being all that enjoyable, Tara. Good. No matter how much money, well, no matter how much money. Well, he's now. He's miserable now, right? Yeah. yeah no matter so, how much money he has, you know. Yeah, it's not what buys him his happiness. Or, or the what, kids. What, I mean, you know, or the kids for that matter, because you know you're gonna they're gonna have this huge stigma, uh, you know, surrounding them and their children, you know. For the rest of their lives with this with this man with Donald Trump with everything that's happened transpired I mean you know you can go from you know not just all this Russia stuff to all the white supremacist stuff all the racist stuff I mean all the uh, uh, misogyny I mean all I mean we can go on and on and on and on and on and on with this man I mean there's so let's not much. Though. let's cut it off here <laughs> let's yes <laughs> let's do yes let's do we got to roll go enjoy your Wednesday if you can. Go enjoy yes, your Wednesday. We it's freezing and windy where I am, but try to go enjoy your Wednesday to the best of your ability. Yes, we will be back on Friday right here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Next Monday, um, our special guest will be Sherry Jacobus 
will be joining us on Monday. So uh, looking forward to that. And if you missed any of the show today, catch it on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, or right here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com in about 15 minutes. We'll see everybody Friday. Have a good week. Thank you.